Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot. Body Dawson. Po, po, po. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Speaking of bodies, how is your body, Sam? Your body's been ravaged um, by COVID for the last yeah, week Yeah, my body's, so. How is it my, now? My body's very much on the road to recovery now. Thank you is for this? everyone's understanding and kind messages. It's been yeah. nice. And, um... And uh, I think that, you know, it's if, if if I've achieved anything through having COVID for 10 days and not really podding much, it's perhaps to remind everyone when you're ill, fucking rest. Just and rest. Exactly. You don't have to be like fucking at death's door, although fuck knows I felt as if I was a couple of times. But like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you just like, I don't know about you, Andy, but when I was younger, if I got a cold... Like in my twenties mm. or thirties, if I had got a cold, it wouldn't fucking cross my mind to not work, right? Just wouldn't just through, fucking wouldn't cross yeah. my mind. And I used to get up, get on the fucking stinking germ-ridden tube, go into the centre of London, pull fucking long shifts, then go out mm. after work and get on the piss or whatever it was because you couldn't face getting straight on the tube home again. She'd feel mm. so rough you'd have to fortify yourself and that would be my response to having a cold and then i'd wonder why the cold didn't go away for like a month do you know what i mean yeah and uh and you'd sort of try and work and drink your way through it and like it never occurred to me you'd think oh why aren't i getting better maybe i'm not taking enough of those really expensive fizzy vitamins that the ads on the tube tell me will fix me or maybe I'm not buying enough fucking Beecham's powders, right? All this bullshit that isn't even supposed to cure you anyway, right? And the last thing that ever crossed my mind was, oh, all you have to do, it's free, is just go and fucking rest in your house. You just have the legal right to... Try and get some sleep. Yeah. If it, you sleep have to, is key, isn't it? It's free. Sleep is free. You can sleep on anything. Even if you, I know times are tough, maybe you can't afford a bed. Maybe you can't afford a bed. You can sleep on anything. Believe me, I have. I've slept in all yeah. sorts of different places, right? <laughs> um, you can sleep on anything. And if you are curious about the way in which humans slept before beds were even invented, then you'd do well to look back uh, to one of our first ever history boxes, which was the history of the bed. The bed. Yeah. It was. And it was, yeah. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed that because there was a time... When beds didn't even fucking exist. If it, you can imagine, it, it there was a time. Everything we knew. There was a time yeah. before John Lewis existed. 
So yeah. no one it, had anywhere to go and get beds from. It, it made us reassess everything we knew about beds. Ooh. We thought we knew it all. We thought we knew all about beds. Single, double, king size. That's it. That's it. Ah, oh no! Hang on, you've forgotten. You've forgotten bunk. Bunk. Yeah, <laughs> the best bed. Sorry, <laughs> I would have classed that as single. Yeah, single, double. Yeah. Um. So what was that? What was I saying? Uh. Yeah, yeah, but but sleep as well. Not everyone can sleep. That's the it's, thing. Sleep it's, it can be difficult. And so, you know what? I got a bit of insomnia during COVID, which then I read was a symptom of COVID. And you know me, I'm I'm a I'm a fuck it. I consider myself a professional sleeper. Any time, any place, anywhere. That used to be the martini yeah. thing, didn't it? Anytime, any place, anywhere. That's martini. Well, this is how it goes in my life. Anytime, any place, anywhere. That's Delaney. But it's not talking about <laughs> sex. It's talking about sleep. Um, well, it's, this is the thing they used to, people used to say. Ah, the thing about sex is it's the most fun you can have for free. No, bollocks. Sleeping is sleeping is sleeping is the yeah. most fun you can have yeah. for free. Best bit about sex is afterwards when you have a lovely little sleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favourite bit because <laughs> it makes you tired. Yeah, all nice and sleepy. Well, at least it does. It does the way I do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah I mean just get some fucking rest and I really appreciate everyone Andy and the listeners for respecting my need to rest and now look I am not dead I am better and Mm. so it just goes to show so it's just a reminder to everyone get some rest and don't succumb to the pressure of the man who is trying to subtly discourage you from resting say no if you're listening to this Go on. No, I'm just no. saying, say, no, I need to fucking rest my body. Say that no is my right. Man. Yeah. No, man. No. No. Um, if you listen to this nine months down the line for free and you're not IFS, then Sam's just had COVID for 10 days and we'd have probably forgotten about it by then. Yeah. But there you go. That's why we've just done what we've done for the first five minutes of this episode. It's a new history box and we're, uh, we're looking at another piece of classic um, film archive and um, we're kind of doing two of these at the same time we're doing a, an odyssey on a different one on a Wednesday but we're, we're now doing this this thing which is Sid James and it's the world of budgerigars mm. uh, and I don't know how we've ended up in this situation but there's no well, rules to top flight time machine we do what we it, want budge, to do budge, and if budge, I don't like it fuck off fucked budgerigars yeah. are I mean when I was a kid I loved budgerigars I think I said I used to go to the pet shop uh, just it was a thing to do. It was like free zoo, wasn't it? Pet shop. You don't get them anymore. Yeah, where there's just animals yeah. in the in the pet shop. But my mum used go, to. You got got pets pets at home. They still have a few animals do, kicking about near the back. Yeah, okay. yeah, rabbits and such forth. Well, yeah, this was rodents. a. There was Insects. one in near Richmond um, tube station in Southwest London in the eighties, and. Uh, yeah, my mum would go, Carla, this'll shut you up. I'll take you out that fucking pet shop you like so much. Staring at them fucking animals. Right? Like, treating me like I was Roy Jr. Right? And uh, I did... There was a monkey with, a like, a big red ass, which was obviously the best bit. In the pet shop? Yep. Fucking monkey hell. Monkey with a red ass in the pet shop. Wow. No one ever bought it. It was just there. Was it there. for sale? Was it the, just the owner's monkey? Was it? No, I think it. Was, I think it was on display. I think it was for sale. But I reckon the the owner's attitude was, 
no cunt will ever buy it, but it doesn't matter. It pays for itself because it wants, yeah. it's what gets people through the door. Yeah. It, people will come through the door to see the monkey's ass, and then while they're here, they'll end up buying maybe a budgerigar or a guinea pig, something, you know, leader. cheap cheap and easy. The monkey, all I've got to pay for is its food, right? Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, if a budgie or a guinea pig or a hamster dies, I just feed that to the monkey. So, you see, it's what they call in business virtuous circle. A virtuous circle. Virtuous circle. Yeah. The virtuous circle of life. And uh, I think must he... have had a price tag on it, but it'll have been like 12 grand or something. It'll have been yeah, affordable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like a tiger in Harrods. Yeah, exactly. That was a lost leader, too. It was basically that's what gets people through the door. And then when you're in there, you buy goldfish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the geese has yeah. worked out if he's turning over, Genius. say, two dozen goldfish a day, which I bet in the 80s when goldfish were really in, they were hip, weren't they? Of then then uh, he'd probably do in that at one point, that many goldfish. Mm. Although where they sourced the goldfish from, I do not know. Do you know? Well, goldfish breeds goldfish, doesn't it? Wherever you've... But were they goldfish when, farms? When you go to a, you go to like a garden centre and they've got a big pond in the yeah. middle of it full of goldfish, the goldfish are just having it off all the time, producing new goldfish. And then that garden centre sells goldfish sells in bulk. Pet shops. The sells pet shops pet and fairgrounds. Travelling travelling fairgrounds. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I wonder whether we could get into the goldfish game as a sideline. Well, I think, I think the future of like this podcast is selling, selling suits and goldfish. Yeah. Yeah. Not two Let's separate companies. Not. It's the same fucking company. Podcasting goldfish V3.0 and tailoring. is yeah. going to be suits and goldfish. Get yeah. Ahead of it. Invite us to your next fucking podcast business seminar in Las Vegas and we'll do yeah. a speech all about it, you cunts. If you fucking dare. Yeah. But we'll want fucking paying and we only fly first class. Yeah. Um, so, what, uh, budgies. budgies. Oh, yeah, budgies. Well, we had the Budgie I mean, Rescue Bureau recently, which was amazing. And then, yeah. obviously, Jeff Capes is a Budgery Gar fan. So, that's we've touched upon that before. But this is the first like exclusive budgery car deep dive and i don't know about you but in the first few minutes of this film i learned a lot about budgery cars that i hadn't known previously i've got a proustian rush uh when i saw budgery car because as i've said before we had budgies when i was a kid yeah we had jock who was yeah. blue mm. we had mickey who was yellow with bits of green yeah and we also had a third budgie which only my brother remembers who I regard as an imagination budgie. Do your parents remember it? Nope. You don't no, remember it? They don't it remember it. And I it... don't remember it. Wow. Just my brother. This, and what does he say it was called? I can't remember now, because obviously it didn't exist. <laughs> oh, no I feel bad for your brother. That's the sort of thing that would happen to me and my family. <laughs> like, no one remembers fuck all, but I remember everything. And I'd bring up shit like that, and they're like, yeah. nah, don't remember that. What? You're saying we had a dog now? Nah. Uh, yeah, fictional budgie. I'll ask him more about that next time I see him. I'll bring, I'll bring some more information to the table. <laughs> so it's uh, I'm looking at the video now. The world of budgery goes. It's a great introduction. The music at the beginning is lovely. So little, listen to that. Yeah, that's lovely. There's a really crude edit there as well, where it just cuts. 
Starring Sid James, Philip Marsden, who is the budgerigar expert the in this, actor. and also yeah. Patricia Burke, who plays Sid's wife or landlady. I'm not sure. But um, Sid's very rude in this. He gives oh. everybody really short shrift. Yeah, yeah. He? He, basically, what, you have to think, what's the setup here? The setup is this, just to give people some context so we get going. Sid James is playing himself, maybe a version of himself. I don't know whether yeah. it's like got Curb Your Enthusiasm type vibes, right? <laughs> but like, he lives, which I believe a lot of bachelors did back in the day. He just lives in lodgings full time. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know about you, Andy. Something about that appeals to me, right? He lives <laughs> yeah. in lodgings. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the house where Michael Caine goes to stay and get Carter. Do you remember? And he ends oh, up God, yeah. he ends up having it off with that woman. The, the landlady in the rocking chair. What if I were tell the police that there's a man with a gun in my house? You're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, really? What? How, how can you be so sure? Because I know what <laughs> colour underwear you wear. <laughs> very Weird. powerfully erotic yeah <laughs> and there's a bit where he's on the blower to Brett Eklund and he's talking dirty to her but in yeah. the style of Michael Caine because that's who he is yeah. what what knickers you got on the frilly black ones is it I, why don't I, you I, take not them wearing off? granny knickers again <laughs> go on take them off and touch yourself that's right like I showed you Right, and the old time, then the camera pulls out, and his <laughs> landlady, the Geordie yeah. Doris, is in the same room listening, and yeah. she's doing her knitting, and she can't stop rocking on her rocking chair. She's overheated, she's, isn't she? Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting both women fucking heated up at once. Well, that's Michael Caine for you. I'll that's do it to two Dorises at once. Three well, that's sometimes. the thing with this. It's the, it's the thing with this, Sid James is sitting there with his landlady, but he'll be on the phone to Barbara Windsor. Yeah, I Hello, Babs. Your old man out, is he? Good. Right, now we can start talking dirty then. What sort of bra you got on? <laughs> but, is it um, peephole? <laughs> is, it, is it the one with the tassels on the end of it? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sid James is living in lodgings, despite the fact that he's an established celebrity and mm. he must be earning all right. He's living in lodgings because he chooses to. He could live in a house on his own, but his attitude is, <laughs> why would I? I live here and there's a landlady and basically I've got a bedroom. I picture his bedroom just having a sink in it, quite simple. But then there's a yeah. television communal room, but no other cunt comes and sits in it because he's probably got a rule. No other cunt can come in the communal room when Sid's in there, right? <laughs> and the landlady just fetches him his, his meals and his snacks and his tea and coffee. It's amazing. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so this is just setting the context here. He's living in yeah. lodgings and he's he's watching telly and there's a documentary on about budgery gas. That's how the whole thing starts. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Barbara Windsor in her underwear there. I just remembered the last back holiday we had. I messaged you back mm. holiday Monday and says, oh, yeah. I'm sitting with a cup of tea and I'm watching Carry On Girls. Uh, what a life. To, to be honest, you were actually sitting with a cup of tea and a sausage sandwich. That's right. Sausage <laughs> yeah, it was, well. be it was better. It was better than you even girls. remember it being, mate. Carry on girls, of course, is the one where they have the beauty contest. <laughs> and it is brilliant. I hadn't yeah. seen it for so long, but it's so good. And yeah, John I haven't Sims seen that one for a while. I've got it. Oh, I've got them all well on DVD. Jo John Sims's character is she's trying to put a stop to the whole thing. 
because it's terrible and sexist and all this kind of thing. And she's got a, she's she's got a campaign, and she's got loads of these women uh, who are obviously like you know dowdy and d- down at heel and miserable and possibly possibly lesbians. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what do you know what the campaign's called? And she's running what? Operation Spoil Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine those cunts writing it. Well, I've seen documentaries about the writer, and they all—they're all quite sort of posh, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, you see, I was thinking our next one could be about um, a, a, a girly show. What do you think? Uh, yes, that, that might be good. Yes, they—they they sit in a room coming up with these sort of deeply toxic ideas, but they're so sort of civilized and gentlemanly in the way that they do oh it. Jalapeno. 
Yeah. It was his goodbye. Just before his and, death. And people say that he knew he was going and, and he made this as a code, like there's a lot of coded messages in this Budgery Garth <laughs> film <laughs> that is like a goodbye to his fans. We knew he was dying, but yeah. we didn't know until we looked back. <laughs> we're recording this, we're recording this, Sam, on the day, the anniversary of his death. To James's death, really? To James's death. Wow. He was um, on stage at the Sunderland Empire, just a couple of miles from where oh, I yeah, sit right I think now. You told me that, yeah. Yeah, he was on stage at the Sunderland Empire. He had a heart attack on stage. Right. Uh, it was one of those things, you know. Is there a doctor in the house, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Yeah. Um, people laughed because they thought it was part of the show, but of course it wasn't because he was dying. Mm. Uh, yeah, sixty-two years old, and he died. And th- they say, don't know how true this is. They say that his ghost haunts the backstage of the Sunderland Empire. Have you gone to have a look around or what? Well, I haven't. I've never been backstage there before. I've never performed at the Empire. (laughs) Yet. One day. One day. um, Yeah. Um, My son's done a few shows there because he's and my daughter because their drama club that they go to they do an annual show at the Sunderland Empire. Well, did you tell them to look out for Sid James's ghost? I I forgot to. No. Your daughter would hate. I mean, your daughter's like my daughter. They'd they'd hate. I I would try to keep it from my daughter about the very existence of Sid James because it's the sort Mm. of thing that will upset and offend her. I think maybe my daughter's now come through that phase and she'd now kind of see it for what it is. Right. And would possibly laugh at it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have to try that. I was watching that thing, the the gold about Brinks Matt when I had COVID, and I was mm. in my daughter's room because that's where I was quarantined to, and she moved into my room, and uh, she said to me, "What was that? I heard you. I heard you watching some. I heard you watching uh, something about cockneys." She said you were watching a cockney program. Oh, that about Brinks Matt, wasn't it? <laughs> One of the great that? moments in Cockney, that was. Cockney high point. <laughs> um, but, listen, uh, talking of heart attacks, just All a right. quick one. It's not funny, but it's in my head now. My mate had a fucking heart attack uh, Sunday. She's my what? age. She's my age. She's really healthy and everything. That's, well, Blimey. that's what we thought. And... Uh, my missus goes... Well, my missus' best mates, but a really old mate of mine. I went to school then. She's gone now. Uh, she's... Guess what? My missus was crying. I was like, what's all this about? And she went... Come on, Dad. Come Turn on. The what, off. Is, what, what have I done now? And she's gone... I won't say our friend's name. She goes, oh, she's had a heart attack. I couldn't believe it. I went, what? Where? And she went, she collapsed in Sainsbury's. And I went... What Sainsbury's? Which one? She went, what? I went, which branch? <laughs> My wife was like, what the fuck are you asking? Why is that your first question? I said, I don't know. I'm trying to picture it. Yeah. Was it a big one or a small one? Because I'm thinking at the bigger ones, they've probably got defibrillators and stuff, exactly, haven't they? that's what I would think, yeah. What's but, the procedure? Uh, it, was, it was a big one. Um, oh, thank God. But yeah, the ambulance didn't just didn't turn up. Two were cancelled, uh, and in the end, she had to get an Uber up to A and E. And they, she, you know, she didn't know at this stage she'd had a heart attack. And they got her in and they tested her and they said, "Yeah, you've had a heart attack." And she said, "She's still in there now in the hospital." She said, "It's like a fucking field hospital. Like that's yeah. what's going on right now. Like mush. Honestly, that's like right now." 
they've run it into the ground on purpose, managed to climb, and there's no ambulances. Mm. And if you go in the hospital, everyone's just in the corridor on gurneys and on the floor and whatnot. Mm. I mean, even if you don't believe philosophically or, you know, uh, uh, morally in, in the NHS, even if you're like, well, I don't believe in the NHS. I think that, you know, it's an uneconomical way to run a health service. Fine, 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 whatever. That argument aside, right, you're still paying your tax for the NHS. You're st- whoever yeah. you are, right, you're paying your tax for the NHS. You're paying tax at the same rate or higher in most cases than we ever were, you know, let's say 13 years ago picking that figure at random but let's say for example 13 14 years ago Mm. when the nhs did have ambulances that would come when you someone had a heart attack and they did have plenty of beds and you could get through a and e relatively quickly right the tax is the same so you've got to ask yourself haven't you i'm paying the same money or more but the service is almost non-existent so even if you don't believe morally in the NHS, you've got to be thinking, hang on a minute, someone's fucking having a laugh here. Someone's mugging me off. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's got nothing well, to do with battery cars, I'm, but I'm, I'm you a, mentioned heart attacks you know, the, that came into my head. The, the idea that the NHS isn't fucking being primed for privatisation is just nonsense. There's, there's mm. a book coming out about Boris Johnson by Anthony Selden. It's written oh, yeah. biographies of all the prime ministers pretty much for the last 30 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's a fairly reputable narrator, let's say. And I've been reading seg- uh, excerpts of it on the Times website, and the one that came out yesterday was that Boris Johnson asked Donald Trump not to talk publicly about privatising the NHS. Yeah. And he, there's the quote there, and he said, um, let's talk about it all you like in private when you're here, but we can keep it to ourselves. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's that's what the end game yeah but the the thing is that's true and there is a debate to be had about the nhs you know obviously i'm pro nhs but i'm not someone who says oh there is no debate about how it's funded because the nhs is more expensive to fund with each passing year that much is true right yeah because it was and, set up for glasses and false teeth wasn't it basically in yeah yeah i mean there's more and more to pay for it's an aging population the nhs becomes more costly every year and so if you say I don't want to talk about the NHS and how it's funded. We just have to keep funding it the same way. Then in the end, that will run out of steam and that will allow other people <clears throat> interests to move in. But the problem is, is that because the Tories know that it's so unpopular for them to talk about uh, any other way of like funding certain services within the NHS, there's, there's two things. One is, is that they are purposefully mismanaging it, which is a playbook that comes from America and they, it's been done in this country in various ways where you run things into the ground on purpose so public opinion turns <coughs> against it and then people are so desperate that they're willing to accept any alternative, right? Any solution, even if that solution at that stage is, well, we're going to have to invite private companies in to support us here and people are going to have to start paying for insurance, right? Um, but there's collateral damage in that because in order to do that, which is only in terms of like laying the path politically for a, for something they want to do, they're going to have to let people die. On yeah, but mass. they don't mind about letting people they die. Don't, they don't care. It's just to no. make the the optics <laughs> once, better. Once you get once you get that <coughs> understanding that they don't actually give a fuck about people's lives yeah. or people dying, 
it's, it becomes a lot clearer. And uh, and the other thing is, is that whilst it is true that there is like an argument, it's not one that I necessarily agree with, but there is an argument for like you know a public private partnership in the, in you know healthcare, right, and other <clears throat> public services because if not, you know, it, things become difficult to fund, right. Be assured that the this this uh, government right now, and I only say this not on the basis of my own prejudices, but on the on the basis of everything we've seen them do, particularly during COVID, but throughout their thirteen years, is totally in the fucking hands of vested interests and commercial interests, particularly American ones, the huge fucking healthcare conglomerates that have existed in the states for years. That's why Donald Trump's over talking about it. He's lobbying on their behalf. Because this is a huge untapped market for them. It's their next big market. And all of these fucking politicians, particularly government ministers, are all fucking bankrolled, right? They're sitting on boards. They've got non-exec fucking salaries coming in. They're being flown around the world, right, the whole time by these fucking huge mega rich companies that's why they have access to government that's why they're you know these ideas are on the fucking agenda it's all because they're fucking trousering money not only now but even more when they get booted out which they suspect they will do next year right they'll all have fucking jobs waiting for them at these fucking huge number of massively rich fucking private healthcare companies that are coming over from america and elsewhere and so, you know, every decision's being made, really, by people who are on the make. They're also, all being made by decisions that are on the make. And if you buy the idea that any of these decisions in any sector, healthcare in particular, but education or crime or anything like that, are being made by people who have any kind of, like, fucking moral compass or even ideological objective, like, beyond just fucking feathering their own nest then you're a mug. You're just being mugged off. And it's not yeah. about whether you're right-wing or left-wing, because this isn't about ideology or politics in that sense anymore. This is about there's a it's bunch business. of flagrantly corrupt people running the country who are making yeah. every decision on the basis of, like, the, the financial backers who fucking shape every single idea that comes out of their mouths. That includes fucking Sunak, who's already a multi-millionaire, but it's just playing to the fucking fiddle of whoever's fucking bankrolling him and the Conservative Party. See, also, that thing about um, <clears throat> flagrantly running down a service mm. in order to suit your own aims. It's the same with immigration. They're not process- processing any immigration claims. So they're making it look like the hotels are full yeah. of immigrants and that we're being flooded because they're not processing any claims. People are just sit- sitting tight. So it looks that then that suits their agenda of we have to stop the boats. Yeah, stop the boats, which, which which is a massive just it's all that is is a massive distraction. Yeah, from the fact that fucking a tin of rice pudding costs one pound ninety five now. There's there's three things. One is it's a great distraction from the real issues, which is people living in poverty due to economic mismanagement and Brexit, right? <clears throat> The, the second thing is they've got actually if it doesn't distract sufficiently it can at least show people, it can give people an alternative explanation beyond economic mismanagement and Brexit because they realised a couple of years ago that they were, they'd were they gone way beyond the point at which they could keep blaming the Labour, the previous Labour government for the economic yeah. problems because they'd been in power for so long so now they need they someone else to blame. Years, so it's like, out. it's classic 
that they can now go, well, we'll blame immigrants. That's, you know, that's been part of the right-wing political playbook for fucking going right back to Hitler, right? And um, and then, you know, on top of that, they know that if it becomes like they're, they're behind on every single issue, but if it becomes a fucking, if the election campaign next year becomes a bloody fist fight on who can be the toughest on immigration, they know they're going to win that. Because yeah. they've got a bunch of politicians who actually are quite racist, and even the ones who aren't racist, right? Because, like, for instance, I don't think Rishi Sunak is racist, right? And I don't think Jeremy Hunt is either. But those, they're like rats. These Tories, they'll they, they'll say anything to survive. So even the ones who aren't actually racists will still be more than willing to use the rhetoric of racism in <clears throat> order to win to in, in yeah. order to win votes. They really yeah. will. And then some of them actually are hateful people, you know, yeah. like fucking Suella Benjamin, our uh, home secretary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part one of the Sid James Budgerigar uh, assessment. And we'll be back with more of that <laughs> next week. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.